You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Gifted with Sheila White. I am excited that you guys have joined us today. We have something that is very meaningful, a conversation that a lot of families have to have at one time or another in their life. You know, the decision to retain home health care services is really a big one. You know, just like any new relationship, the partnership between a care recipient and the caregiver undergoes changes depending on the health of the client. Think of a professional caregiver like a matchmaking service. You want to increase the odds of a successful match. It's really important. And my guest today is Miss Courtney Cooks. And before all else, I would like to let you know that she acknowledges Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And she's serving him in the kingdom and driving force, making a difference. And that's what we're talking about. She has a wonderful husband of eight years and three beautiful children. And she is a member of New Harvest Pentecostal Assemble Church, which is located in Chicago Heights, Illinois. She is a proud owner of Cook's Home Assistant Care, LLC, located in Maryville, Indiana. And she started her agency in March of 2018 after serving at 8.5 years in the banking industry. And during that time, she began to see her clients decline in their cognitive abilities, their physical health, and their independence. And she also served several clients recovering thousands of dollars in funds that were stolen by loved ones. Uh, because she was in the baking industry. Her purpose is a calling, and we're going to talk about all of the things that she's doing in her business today, but she left the banking industry and became a CNA to work in nursing homes and hospitals so that she could first understand patient care. It is a plum pleasing pleasure as well as privilege to introduce to you my guest today, Miss Courtney Cooks, but before we get into our conversation on today, I would like for you to share this podcast with family and friends for new content each week, because what we're going to talk about today is something that everybody knows about patient care. We need to have people that are able to take care of our loved ones. And when we make those decisions, we want it to be the right decision. So when we come back, We'll be talking to Ms. Cooks, who is a gifted individual, inspires people, and helps uplift people in this industry. And we're going to talk to her about her journey and the lessons she's learned when we come back after this commercial. Hi, my name is Sheila White, and I would like for you to tune into the podcast, Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that uplifts, inspires, and entertains creatives to pursue their passion through their gifts. New episodes drop every Monday at 3 o'clock. Gifted with Sheila White podcast. Welcome, welcome, Miss Courtney, to the show today, to the international Hello. audience that's waiting for you. You have what it takes, girl. <laughs> People are looking for you and looking for your services. Just want to welcome you to the show today. And, you know, Miss Courtney, I want to just start by asking you, what 
inspired you to become a professional caregiver? Because it's not the easiest job in the world. Um, it requires a lot of planning and, and a lot of a lot of patience, to say the least. A lot of spiritual gifts. You talked about the church. It requires a lot of spiritual gifts, loves, patience, kindness, and those types of things. What inspired you to become a professional caregiver? Uh, so like you said in the um, introduction, well, first, thank you for having me. Um, and like you said in the introduction, it really was me seeing my clients decline and being younger at the time. You don't think about these health issues. You don't really, your your mind is not there. So when you begin to see it, and well, when I began to see it, I was like, wow, what's happening? And I began to see, you know, a lot of clients, you know, family members take advantage of them and it ached my soul and I could just never show up to work anymore feeling fulfilled I felt like something was changing in me um and later it was just my purpose my purpose calling me to leave the banking industry I'm a big uh, a big person on leading by example so I can't lead if I don't know what it's like to be you know, uh, screamed at or yelled at or mistreated um, by these clients. I don't know. I can't lead if I don't understand how people can feel burnt out by providing patient care or if I don't have that knowledge and the skill set to take care of someone. Um, so I became a CNA. So where I used to come to work looking pretty and wearing my makeup and, you know, smelling good. I'm wearing scrubs, no jewelry, no nothing. And I'm, you know, involved with patient care. And I loved it every step of the way. Um, yes, there were some hard times. Yes. But when I realized that I would do it for free, that's mm -hmm. when I knew I was in my calling. I knew I was doing the right thing. Wow. That's interesting. You mentioned being in the baking industry. And I know a lot of people get taken advantage of um, when it comes to seniors and their finances. Um, what are some of the things, not so much of the people, but some of the situations that you discovered while in the banking industry, while you were trying to help these, these seniors, I'll say, um, with their finances and help them to recover some funds? Because a lot of people, especially seniors, aren't aware of these traps. And unfortunately, it's happening to loved ones that are coming in, taking advantage of their um, of their their senior, their elderly people. You know, they're putting them away, maybe in a home or doing something and just just not respecting their finances and that lifelong legacy that they try to build up. So what are some just an example of some of the ways that seniors are being taking being um mistreated financially? Absolutely. That's a great question. Thank you. Um, one client that um, I have burned in my brain, um, he was, um, he had a, gr a really decent amount of money in his account. And so I noticed where he would come in by himself, he would come in with his son and then his son will be accompanied by his girlfriend. And initially you don't see, you know, an issue with it because he seemed to be okay, right? He seemed to be himself and maybe this is just an off incident where um, it's his son. And so um, I noticed he come in and then he will come back and, oh, um, he wouldn't remember giving his son the money and he would just say things like, oh, I feel like I'm losing it. And then you start seeing the son and the girlfriend more and more and more and more. And it's like, it's kind of one of them red flags that we kind of learn to look for in banking. And I was like, no, something's happening. And then one time I even looked at, 
at the account and it was significantly a less amount of money. And just to give out some examples, let's say he had 30,000. Now he's down to 12,000, but he, he, he averaged 30,000. That's a red flag. So at that late in age, you're not making these big, uh, you know, um, ex, you know, purchases. You're not buying vehicles at this late in age. You're right, not right. buying homes or investing, you yeah. know, at this late in age. So that was a way a red flag for me. So I was able to contact my loss, the manager of the loss prevention, let them know what I uh, was finding. I was able to reach out to a loved one. Um, and I don't even know how I got her information, but I did. And, um, Coming to find out the son and the girlfriend was taking advantage of him. Financially abuse is financial abuse is what it's called. And yeah. we were able to get him um, at least 80 percent of his money back. He got moved in with, you know, that particular family member and, mm -hmm. you know, was able to establish a banking relationship elsewhere. But um, that's those are some signs that made me feel like, well, notice this type of abuse really is what it is, is happening. And it's happening from, it's not strangers. It's the ones that's close to you that's doing it, unfortunately. Wow. And that's, that's so sad. I know that's a common thing that happens when people have dementia, Alzheimer's yeah. or something along that line, or they're just not able to physically get around to take care of the responsibilities that they have been taking care of all those years. And they're trusting someone to do the right thing. And oftentimes it does not happen that way um, people do take advantage of people. And this causes emotional trauma um, and financial trauma and things like that. Because as you mentioned, they're not necessarily buying another home or they're not buying another car or a boat or something to deplete those resources. And those resources were there for their retirement years for them to live off of for health reasons or other reasons for them to be comfortable. And when it's depleted like that, it is a tragedy. Um, to happen, but it it happens all too often, I'm sure, around the world. We're not just talking about United States of America. We're talking about worldwide, um, this type of, of tragedy that happens to seniors. And sometimes they'll sell, people will sell them something over the phone or come to their door and take advantage of them. I mean, have you seen that experience where they're taking advantage of as well? Absolutely. I've actually, <laughs> more than I want to say I have, um, uh, she was a subordinate of mine and her grandmother received a phone call. Hey, your son is in jail and you have to send us $5,000 in order to get him out of jail. And, you know, as seniors, like we, we have to look at it that like they don't operate at the same cognitive level that they did 20 years ago. And so they right. become more vulnerable. Their, their anxiety is more high um, and so uh, my subordinate, she, her grandmother was actually a victim. There was another incident where this uh, client, her significant other knew she was passing. And um, while she was in the hospital, uh, he was her power of attorney. But a lot of people do, do not know the power of attorney ceases at death. Right. A lot of people don't, don't know that, you know, yeah. depending yeah. on what kind of power of attorney you have. But he had the one. Well, she had the one where it's uh, it, it was null and void at death. The minute she uh, right before she passed, he came in, drained all the money, went missing, left the children with nothing to bury their mom with. Wow. Um, and it was just it was I, I it was just gut wrenching. So, yes, I've, I've seen a lot. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's something, like I said, that happens worldwide. It's not just in a problem in America or, or something. This is something that happens, you know, all around the world. How do you evaluate or update your, your clients' care plans? Because things change and medications change, um, you know, family situations change. You're living with one person, maybe living with another uh, child or, or someone along those lines. How do you evaluate or update their care so that it's kind of stays current with that patient. Like I said earlier, it's kind of like a matchmaking service. You want to find someone that is a perfect fit for your, your loved one. So that how do you- a great question. Thank you. Um, so with us, we do weekly check-ins, right? So um, because I just don't want you to be my client, I want you to know and trust that we're going to take care of you in every way that we can. Um, so one way is we do weekly check-ins. We do- um, Every 90 days, we're going out and we're going to see you and we're doing another assessment. Um, if you are you know, on Medicaid and your Medicaid insurance is paying for it, um, we, you have a case manager. So we are in contact on a regular with your case manager. Mm -hmm. um, we might even ask a, power, um, a family member that could be taking care of the relative, hey, how's it going? Is there any change? If they get admitted to the hospital, we're going to the hospital to see them, okay? Because, again, we're going to be there to take care of you um, because we, we all are going to age, and at some point, we're all going to need that type of care. Um, and I know a lot of agencies don't do it, but mine do. I take so much pride in what I do. Um, so I send my, you know, supervisors out. We're going to go and um, if they allow us to, we're talking to doctors. Is there any change in medications? What's going on? We stay in the know and then we update their case managers also because of COVID. They, the case managers don't come out as much. So we are their eyes and their ears, you know, to get that information back to them. Um, so things like that, that's what we do. Um, if, if they have to go to rehab, we let them know, um, hey, call us if you have any questions. And once they get discharged, well, discharged, what did they do in rehab that we still need to do while they're at home? And then we're going to do another assessment. Are you, you know, still at, at, at the same pace? physically, mentally, where are you at emotionally? A lot of people don't even realize that emotional is a lot of part of, you know, your care. How do you feel? You know, you know, sometimes it may not be cooking you food. It may just be getting in your, your space with you, you know, and that makes all the difference. So we have regular check-in hospital visits, uh, ongoing assessments um we uh have a lot <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it is a lot going on it's a lot taking care of people and you know it's not just about an age because at any time anyone can become disabled and it could be for a child it could be for a baby it could be for um you know someone in their 20s or 30s or whatever so at any time anyone could become disabled and so when you mentioned a really important point emotional health a person could be physically um, taking care of going to therapy and, you know, getting medicine and things like that, but they could have an emotional trauma, emotional situation going on. How do you deal with that part of their care? Because um, if they're just depressed or have anxiety or are worrying or these other emotional things, anger, how do you deal with that in their care? Because, you know, people are getting them up and taking care of them and bringing them to the table to eat breakfast or whatever it is physically. But, they don't oftentimes, some of the CNAs know how to address the emotional side of them just missing being in their home 
or them just missing a loved one that or their children they haven't seen them for so long and you know things that are going through their mind or missing a spouse that might have been passed or something how do you deal with the emotional health care of that individual with you know with their agency because it's just as important as the physical it is um i have this thing with well this practice called client engagement we're going to engage with you we're going to talk to you we're going to ask you questions um that's where that best match come in because okay. you know when everybody can't draw everyone so mm -hmm. When we are assessing them, we're looking and see, okay, is they more on the, you know, where, where are they? Okay, I think this caregiver will be best with them. You know, imagine the best caregiver per client as possible. Then getting to know their likes, their interests, their dislikes. Some people like painting. You know what? We're going to go out and we're going to buy you stuff to paint. You may like crossword puzzles. I think caregivers, I get excited. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna uh you know if you like crossword puzzles if you want to go to the movies if you just want to sit and talk about your husband we're, we're we're gonna do whatever it takes and the the key part is god gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason right. we need right. to listen twice as much as, as we're speaking right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. what are they saying and, and, and the great thing about that what aren't they saying and so that that's where that compassion comes in and listening with your heart comes mm -hmm. in. So, yes, uh, client engagement is what we do. You know, I, I love the fact that you said that because it's like you're, you have a holistic approach to dealing with your clients. It's not just give them the pill, you know, and just put them in the wheelchair or whatever it is. Or even if they're not in a wheelchair, you're dealing with the emotional, the physical and those levels. Now, and I, and I want to just bring up one point um, or a question to you because you are a Christian. How does your faith play in the role of what you do in your business? Because, you know, sometimes people have some, some spiritual issues and it's not seen on the, on the radar. It's not seen on the, when they go to the doctor on the x-ray machine, they may have just unforgiveness in the heart or they may have, uh, like I said, anger or some other, I would say more of a spiritual situation unforgiveness or whatever, how do you help them as far as with your faith and your belief to bridge the gap, to comfort them through prayer or whatever other type of uh, means or sources that you could use? So God is my core. I can't help it. And I ain't trying to help it. Right. And so <laughs> when people see that I actually have people that have called me like, can you just pray for me? Okay. Mm -hmm. World stop. Right, world stop. And I'm going to engage in spiritual warfare for you. Um, you obviously have to accept that I'm not going to beat you across the head with it, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, I have had clients uh, call because they know my faith, they know my belief, and they they call me up, Miss Cooks. Can you just pray for me today? Like wow. I'm not feeling it. Can you can you pray for me? This is what's going on. Could you pray for me? And I I, I get that a lot more. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But I, I'm gonna pray for you, and then you know, let's let's go back to the word. Hey, you know what? Let's let's expound on this scripture. The Bible says, "Life and death is in the power of the tongue." Right? Yeah. Over yeah. your situation, God gave us the authority over any situation. You don't have to remain victim to you know any attack, you know, or or anything that you may be going through. You have authority over that, and let's 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 learn how to activate that authority. So mm -hmm. I really gauge it per person. A lot of times, I'm con most of the times I'm contacted, and at that point. 
I got free range. <laughs> I love that when you said activate your authority because sometimes you're in difficult situations. You know, you have a family member that's just not wanting you to recover those lost funds or it could be a legal situation. A lot of things that could happen that are very stressful. Um, so how do you activate your faith when you're in these stressful situations, whether it's a physical, emotional, spiritual situation, and to be able to just remain professional at the same time? Well, one, that goes more on my personal relationship with God, right? Because, you know, I'm still human. I still feel anger. I feel frustration. I feel all of that. But my car is my sanctuary. So before I get in this office, I'm praying. I'm seeking God's faith. I got my gospel music going. I'm literally asking God, give me the wisdom I need in this 24-hour segment of time that you gave me. Give me what I need in this period of time. Mm -hmm. um, and so with that, you know, I know that I never want to misrepresent my Lord and personal savior. So that's where the fruits of the spirit come in. Self-control, you know, yeah, I want to, you know, of course pop off, but if I do that, who's, who's getting the glory, you know? So it's that, that's more of a, um, Per, my personal walk with God and how I seek his face on a daily basis. And before I'm coming into work, that's more of an internal work me and God I got going on. <laughs> wow. And, and it's important, like you said, to start out early, to have your devotion time, to have that private time with God uh, as well. How do you, with being a mom, being a mother, um, you know, the children and, and work and man, running a business, how do you have time to prioritize things for yourself? Do you have some me time? You know, where you just said, you know what? I need to de-stress myself. Yes. So I feel, so obviously with being a wife, being a mom, being a business owner, being actively involved in my well, my church, yeah. I have to, you know, exercise wisdom. Okay. I feel my stress getting high. So mm -hmm. what I do is I call it, I give myself a kiss. What does that look like? I book myself a massage. I book myself a facial. Like I, I take these times and I, and don't nothing come in between those appointments. If, if the sky ain't falling or the Lord ain't called my name or he ain't cracked the sky, those are my moments for me. I'm giving out and I'm giving out and I'm giving out. This is my time to give myself a kiss and mm -hmm. I'm going to do these things for me. Yeah. And it's important to have time for yourself to refuel because you're in an industry that you give, give, give. You're constantly yeah. giving out and you don't have that time in the day, in the course of a workday to refuel yourself. So it is important to have some me time, as you say, to give yourself a kiss so that you can be able to be in alignment with your other goals and the things that you're trying to do for your family, for your friends, for your church and things like that is really important because you don't want to be empty and trying to pour out something that you don't have in you. So, so that is really, really important, I think, as well. You know, you know, what is it that you would tell a person that wants to go into this industry? Um, they said, well, you know what? I want to be a CNA or I want to be a caregiver. Um, what advice would you give them? Because there are some obstacles that they're not looking at. Sometimes people look at how much money it pays or it's a job that has an opening. I can get that job easily. What would you say to a person that wants to go into this industry as a caregiver to look at, not just look at the money or just look at it's an application and I can get a job um, because it's really important for people to understand the needs of that that person that they're taking care of. And we've heard of the horror stories in, uh, let's say, places of residence or nursing homes where people are being really mistreated, not only in the nursing homes, but in the homes as well. So what would you say to a person that's considering going into this industry or this field? 
Um, it's most definitely the first thing I will say is evaluate yourself because when you're caregiving, you are giving, you are giving of yourself mentally, you are giving of yourself emotionally, you are giving of yourself physically. This this is a very physically demanding field, right? So caregiver, you are giving, you need to evaluate yourself. I tell my staff all the time, I can teach you the right body mechanics. I can teach you the state law. I, I can teach you all of what you need to know, but I can't teach you to care. I can't teach I, that. That has to come from your heart. That has to already be in you. So the first thing I would say is evaluate yourself and not just with this field. I know you asked me about this field, yeah, but with yeah. any field, anything right. that you want to do, if you cannot say that I will do this for free, then it's probably not your calling. It's probably not the thing that you should be seeking after. So a lot of self-reflection, aside of a lot of getting to know yourself, because you're not the same person you were three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. We change, we evolve. Where are you? Be honest with yourself. Get to know yourself and, and, and really begin to pray and ask God to show you those gifts and cultivate those gifts because your gifts aren't for you. That's why they're called gifts. So yes. God, gift do I have? And Lord, show it to me. Show it to me plain so I can see. Speak to me in the language where I can understand and I can comprehend. And then work on that till that ground. You know, yeah. uh, get as much knowledge as you can. Knowledge is powerful knowledge is the most powerful thing that you can have to be prepared to be separated from everybody you laughed with um kicked it with uh you thought loved you you didn't think be prepared to be separated because now you're on your journey and everybody is not that that road everybody can't travel that road with you um oh. so Oh my God. Yes. Uh, so, so self-reflection, um, get ready to be separated and get ready. And, and you can't do it for the money. Like if, if, if you're chasing the money, the money will keep running out. Do it because you love the, the Bible says your gift will make room for you, not your work. Wow. That's important. No scripture doesn't say that the why the word of God says your gift will make room for you and so a piece of encouragement is that I, I will give anybody going into this field or in any field whatever your gift is it it will make you will always have somebody to market to to sell to to service to because that's your gift and then God is not going to be a liar no time today tomorrow or forever so wow. his word is yay and amen he, he has to do what his words have do. So your gift will make room for you. Wow. And you, you mentioned tilling the ground that you work on. Uh, what are some of the obstacles that you face in opening up this business and doing this as a life work? Um, I love the fact that you said you do it because you love it. You can do it for free. But what are some of the obstacles in going into this as a business, not just as a job to just pay, put money on, the, you know, put food on the table. But now you've opened up a, uh, you know, a LLC. You have a business so how do you manage that and till that ground with the obstacles that you face as a business owner? So some um, obstacles I faced was one, really believing that I could do it, right? Really believing that faith aspect is so important. There were times that I, in fact, I opened up my business with no money to my name, right? Wow. I didn't have any supporters, you know, folks would cheer you on, but very few people even that know me and know my character, know I'm honest and know I, I operate in integrity. People ain't quick to give their money, you know, so having that 
faith, that that unwavering faith, um, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it seems like, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to walk on waters. Um, mm. And so just one, having the faith to, to endure, because sometimes when it gets really hard, we give up. Um, so that's one thing. And another thing is, my challenge is really learning people. Like I'm just a lover and oh my God. And you know, I'm just so welcoming, you know, and surely you're the way that I am, you know, <laughs> surely you are. But you know, I, I I told God, I said, God, I said, I see why you regretted that you made us because we sucked. You know, I, was, I went through a period where I was like, is this people? And God began to cultivate grace. You have to have grace and have grace with people and have long suffering and temperance. Oh my gosh. Like, so yeah, those are some obstacles I face of finances. Um, uh, it, just as early as last year, you know, my business head was up against with Medicaid. They mistakenly um, disenrolled mm -hmm. me as a provider. So that meant I didn't have any income for over three months. Oh. So no business can really sustain with no income. Yeah. But the unwavering faith I had, I said, Lord, this is your business. I'm just a servant. Yeah. I'm yeah. The, the person you entrusted is with me. And I know you're not going to leave me here. Um, mm -hmm. I had someone uh, bless me with 10000 as a loan. I even uh, took a title loan out on my car to make sure my employees got paid. And even through all that, I stood and what I lost got triple doubled back to me. So Wow. Beautiful story. That's beautiful. You know, how do you how did you handle the pandemic with your business? Because so many people gave up, gave out, switched careers. Um, it was too much, you know, being a caregiver. Uh, everywhere you turned, there was somebody needing care. You know, it seemed like because, you know, everybody was affected worldwide by the pandemic. How did you get through those years or through that time? Uh, the pandemic in your business? Well, I actually had my second. So my oldest daughter is, she was eight at the time. And I had just had my second son at the very beginning of the pandemic. He was wow. born on April 21st of 2020. Um, and I was really just getting my business up and, you know, putting it together. And in fact, I didn't take my first client to December of 2020. And so I think it affected me in reverse uh, oh. because although business was shutting down, I was moving upward. Um, I bet, you know, since it's an at-home job, you just kind of yeah. work what you have. Okay, we're at home anyway. We do yeah. weekly COVID tests, mandatory, you mm -hmm. know. Um, I did not mandate the vaccine because that's a, you know, I feel like that's somebody's right to decide yeah. if they do yeah. that. But right. I did mandate, um, hey, weekly COVID test. Um, I was up all night with, with, with an infant in my hand and <laughs> a computer in front of me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, but believe it or not, the pandemic was, I, you know, it, it wasn't so bad for me. I don't know why. Well, God, but. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah that's, that's a blessing. Cool. That's a blessing. What do you love most about your job, Courtney? I love that I get to provide good jobs. I love that I get to offer benefits. I love that I get to touch people lives. Like I had clients that were in the hospital and, and I sent them edible arrangement baskets when they came home. Like if I'm not touching you, like 
not physically, right? But if, if I can't touch you, if I can't make an impact on you, I'm not doing my job. If you can't see the Christ in me, then I'm not being the servant that I should be. I love the fact that I can touch my people and how my clients are being touched is through me, through me training and developing my staff, through um, them adopting my mindset. Um, I love the fact that I can really, uh, that that I have in clients that would never go anywhere because wow. of how they've been affected by my company in a great way. Wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. What do you see for your business the next maybe three years or five years? Because obviously you need to be expanded um, because of what you do and how you do. You are a heart-centered messenger. And so you definitely need to keep going and to keep expanding so that people can be able to take advantages of your company, your service, and you need to franchise. <laughs> okay, so, so what do you see in the next few years for your business? Well, and speaking of expansion, I operate on the non-medical side. I'm actually in the process now of, of opening the home health side to where I will employ nurses um, and all that. So my goal is to be a full operating, you know, one-stop shop. If you need non-medical care, I got you. You need medical care, I got you. If you mm -hmm. need, you know, housing, that's something I'm looking for. I have a lot of seniors and those living with disability who face housing issues. That's more common than what it should be. Um, so getting real estate specifically for my clients to mm -hmm. have somewhere for them to live so they can receive the service. Um, wow. So that's what I'm looking into for the next couple of years. Wow, wow. Wow. You know, it's important that that is important. There's so much you said. This was so power packed, uh, power packed information. So many people that need this information. Um, you were just a just a, a flame of ambition, you know, as you talk to you and you can see that you love doing this, that your heart is in it. It's just not a paycheck, but it's something that you're passionate about and your passion definitely shines through. Um, I want you to know, folks, those of you that are listening, that we have a special uh, gift for you. If you were to get in contact with with uh, my guest today, Cook's Home Assistance Company. Just tell them that you heard it on the Gifted Podcast with Sheila White and you will receive a free in-home safety inspection and service and setup cost. So get in contact with her. Tell them that you heard about it on the Gifted with Sheila White Podcast and you'll be able to take advantage of that, that free gift that she's offering. Um, how can our audience get in contact with you, Courtney, to be able to take advantage of your service, get in contact with you about this gift that they're able to receive as far as a consultation and just to be able to get some um, information about how to be able to match make their business with a, a person that is doing extraordinary service in the home healthcare industry. So one, you can, you can always give us a call. Uh, we're open Monday through Friday, eight to five. Um, and then we have on call numbers, but our home office number is 219-951-0887. You can also uh, go to the website, www.cookshomeassistancecare.com. You can visit our Facebook page and send us a message. Um, yeah, those are the most, uh, or you can send me an email directly at ccookscare at gmail.com. Um, but any of those ways, you will be extremely successful in contacting me. And if it's not me, you will get in contact of someone who's very qualified to take your phone call. 
Wow. Well, folks, we have been talking to Courtney Cooks, who is the owner of Cooks Home Assistant Care that's located in Maryville, Indiana. But I want you to know that she's able to reach you. You can reach her and get information, get in contact. She can direct you to the right resource for you, for your family member, for your loved one. Um, I just want to thank you all for listening today. If you did not hear this entire broadcast, I want you to visit our website at www.road2eternity.net. Um, Courtney's information will be on there where you can be able to read about her, get in contact with her. I want you to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. A lot of good information is on here. This is a person that can help you to be able to get on the right track and to stay on the right track if you are on the right track. Thank you so much, Courtney, for being our special guest today. Thank you all for listening. And I want you to know that you are uniquely designed and strategically gifted. Use your gift the way Courtney Cooks is using hers to impact the world. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company. 